Welcome to Expanded Universe, Season 2, with your hosts, Jeff and John. The book, The Crystal Star, by Vonda McIntyre. The year, 1994, Chapter 1, Horrible Dogs. Let's go. Reverse permanent butterfly wolf wares. I got a yup nub for you. I hate dogs and Chewbacca's. Welcome back to Expounded Universe Season 2. Oh, baby, we got renewed for another season. We did, only barely. I really gotta put another goal on that Patreon so it rises up a little more, right? <laughs> we're just, we're barely skimming there. We're, yeah. we're, we're, uh, we're real in trouble with the execs up at the network. Yeah, we're, our rocket trip stopped for a while, and instead of being cool at Intrepid Explorers, we're more like old Gil from the Simpsons at the moment. So, oh, golly gee, you guys gotta gotta help me out here. It's, I can't do that voice. John, help me out. No, I can't. I it's can't a, It's do a tough it. voice, isn't it? No, I can't even think of it. I can't get it in my brain, Meats. No, okay, fair enough. But yeah, the the anyway, I'm Jeff, that's John, and this is indeed the first episode of Season 2 of Expanded... No, hang on. Wait. Expounded Universe. There the it expanded is. Expanded Universe Star Wars Discussion Podcast. God, who came up with that really difficult to remember name? Well, the problem is the name I had was Jedi Mastery, and it turned out that that would get us sued, and they'd take away what little money we have. Yeah, they would They would just come by, round us up, put us into pens, and sell us to pay off our debt. Yeah, I feel like at a certain point we'd be like mining for rocks, but we'd have to be wearing full-size goofy costumes. <laughs> yeah. Never allowed to take off the heads. We're, we're just sitting there, we are Chip and Dale in costume at a Disneyland somewhere, just mining in the background. They're like... Oh, that's cute. I remember the episode where Chip and Dale were mining and were like, please help us. <laughs> you guys, you have to dress up as Chip and Dale. Well, that's not that bad. I guess we could be mascots for a couple of weeks. Yeah, and then you have to stand and do a special dance. I could do a special dance. That's not a big deal. Yeah, but it's at the bottom of a porta potty at a mining facility. <laughs> Disney owns a lot of mining facilities. Also, how does that help you at all for us to do a dance down there? Uh, it doesn't help us. It hurts you. Oh, don't you. worry. Yeah. <laughs> We're using you as an example to others. <laughs> this is our, this is our new uh, structure for for accruing, uh, accruing money. That's uh, more aggravated and angry. That's that's the whole idea. We don't. We're, we're not even trying to make money here. We're just trying to hurt you. Yeah, we don't. We have so much money. Who cares about money anymore? <laughs> Did you hear? We're just about to get the X Men back. Apparently, Jesus. Why don't we just run money? We are in charge of the money <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah, turns out that Disney last year announced a joint merger with money. Yeah, it's it's Disney and money. Disney <laughs> bought money. Yeah, Disney has owned the concept of money now. Uh, the Disney fun buck has been replaced by the regular dollar. <laughs> the dollar has been replaced <laughs> by, by the, the fun Disney buck. fun buck. That's a little better. Yeah, it can only be spent on Disney things, but that's fine because all things are Disney. Yeah, it's Any, great. Anyway, this week we're going to talk about the Crystal Star by Vonda McIntyre. McIn or McIntyre. M. McIntyre. McGinley. McGinley. It's Ted McGinley. We're ruining the show. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get the McGinley curse on this sucker. Oh, no. Wait, is it Ted McGinley is the McGinley curse, or is he the good one? I don't know. Okay, which one's the one on Scrubs? Because he's uh, the good McGinley. That's, that's, uh, uh, that's you know, the doctor. Thomas. Thomas Hayden G Church. McIntyre. Thomas T. McIntyre, yeah. Yeah, that's, I don't know. There's the that's one, James McElroy. There was the guy that in like the late 80s and early 90s was always on the last season of sitcoms. And then there's the cool, angry dude that's in like, you know, Office Space and Scrubs. Yeah. That guy. Anyway, moving on. Crystal Star is a very different experience than Shadows of the Empire. Well, coming off of Shadows of the Empire, like, I, 
I wasn't really certain what this book would be like, but I was pretty sure going in that there was no way I was going to hate it more. And uh, I, I mean, so far I'm right. Yeah, for the most part, in the first chapter at least, we are, it's almost a bit of a breath of fresh air. But let's talk about logistics here, because there's a few things that are going to be different between this review and the previous review from Shadows. Now, Shadows was a 39 or 40 chapter book with an epilogue stuck to it. Uh, so it took us forever to get through it. We were doing it three chapters at a time. This book's just as big, only 13 chapters. Yeah, so but instead of, you know, having a chapter that's like three pages long, every chapter is about 30. Right, which means that we're switching it over to a single chapter at a time for the format. Yeah, so, so those who are reading along. Yeah, just so you know, you're reading one chapter at a time. Uh, we just want to keep the episode format for the uh, for the seasons about the same length. So about 13 episodes, is gonna it's going to take us to get through this book as well. Yeah. Uh, and I know everyone already hates us for that, but you know what? I don't care. Whatever. Yeah, we're fine. We already got your money. Wait, Fuck please, you please got don't, mine. Please don't take your money away. Fuck you, barely got mine. <laughs> so, so yeah, we're going to be making it into 13 episodes. Uh, another thing that's different is the setting of this book, and that's because this book is set in 9ABY. And does that make any sense to anyone? Because it doesn't make any sense to me. I know. I was saying it out loud so that you could ask me what the hell it is. Nine Abby. So Abby, nine. So Abby normal. Nine Abby. Abby normal. <laughs> Brought me an abnormal brain. <laughs> yes. No. It's A B Y stands for After the Battle of Yavin. That's uh. That's kind of a weird thing to like entirely redo your calendars around. Uh, I know, but I don't even know. I don't think that they use it in the Star Wars universe. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think it's just used for like uh, for book discussion and stuff like that. So that uh, you can be like, this is pre-movie and post-movie? Uh, Pre-first and post-first movie, yes. Because uh, the Battle of Yavin is what caps off the end of New Hope. Yeah. The uh, the destruction of the first Death Star. So this book is set in uh, 9 ABY. And for comparison purposes, uh, there are two years between each of the original trilogy films. Which means that uh, hap the first film happens at zero to ne negative 1 to 0 ABY where Empire takes place at 2 ABY and uh, Return of the Jedi at 4, meaning Shadows of the Empire happened during 3. Okay. So this is another four or five years after Return of the Jedi. All right. So the first thing that we learn right away, just from knowing that detail and nothing else, is that it didn't take, in the expand expanded universe at least, it didn't take very long after that Death Star blowing up for Han and Leia to get right down to some boning. Oh, yeah. Just like immediately. Because their kids are, their, their oldest kids are five. Yeah. So uh, so right away, they, they managed to crank out, a, I mean, we, we, like zero time, because you have to account for pregnancy unless that happens differently with Jedi children. We well, I'm, I'm almost certain that they got their bone down up in that Ewok village. Yeah, they're pretty much they, straight up right into it. Yeah, he was like, yo, I got a yub nub for you. Yeah. It's like 15 Ewoks watching from the foot of the bed. Leia's all like, God, oh, don't worry, they don't know nothing. <laughs> they don't know what we're doing, it's fine. <laughs> oh, one of them's licking my foot. <laughs> Hey, quit licking his foot. <laughs> He's trying to weaponize my foot. <laughs> he took my condom and turned it into a slingshot. I don't even know what's happening. Oh, he 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 hung dangle ham from my foot. He's trying. He's using me as a trap. Oh, I've got some dangle ham for you. <laughs> so, so that's the first thing we learned. This book takes. Oh, wait a minute. This is all wrong. This book takes place in like fourteen ABY. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, so it's about five years after the Return of the Jedi when the kids are all born. So, sorry about that. This book takes place in 14 ABY. Please do not send me any letters. Ugh. So, folks, of course, at this point, I should go back and edit out all that conversation based on being wrong about, you know, the year this is set in. But 
all the jokes about boning down in the Ewok village are good. So, oh yeah, no, that I mean that one hundred percent happened. They may not have had a kid because of it, but it did happen. Oh, they may have had a kid because of it. We just never heard about it. Maybe that's Kylo's backstory. Oh yeah, there you go. But you know, while we're talking about the kids, these are three brand new characters that I'm pretty sure John's never even heard of. No, well, I mean, I think, I think I've heard of like in passing the twins, right. So we got some dramatis personae here to talk about because this book is not set between two of the films, but way, way after them. Yeah, so we've got, I mean, at least chapter one is very Leia-centric. Yeah. It's just centered on Leia. I'm not sure if it's going to be this way all, through, all the way through the book, but I've read the first three chapters and it looks like they are mostly like, oh, each chapter is one person's story told from that. Per- it's very Game of Thronesy. <laughs> wow, there's that much rape? There's so much rape and there's so much description of food. Yeah, and by chapter 10, uh, Luke's dead. <laughs> that, would be a, I, that would make this book 10 times better if she just started killing off like Luke and Han and stuff. I'm just like, just, fuck you, don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Come at me, Bantam Publishing. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Uh, so, yeah, there are three kids for the Leia and Han family. Uh, this is, you know, the, the most dramatic thing that was retconned out of existence, of course, is the, is the existence of the, the Solo family instead of it just being Kylo. Yeah. So uh, what we've got is uh, Jason, Jaina, and Anakin Solo. Also, can I say how angry I am at Jason? Are you saying Jason because it's spelled J-A-C-E-N? Yeah. I was like, oh, God damn it, don't spell this like you're some fucking like, Minnesota housewife who's taken a poll online of what to name your kids. I, I know. If there's one thing ab- about the Star Wars universe, they don't do that. That's not a thing. Like, Luke's name isn't L-E-W-K-E. Yeah, no. You don't have like, oh, my name is... Honesty, and it's spelled like A U N I C T E. You're like, what? Yeah, excuse me if you don't mind. I have a fast pass for this ride at Disneyland. My 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 name is Honesty, and my daughter's name is Destiny. <laughs> we both have leg tattoos. Uh, no, but like so, but Leia's name isn't spelled L Y Y Y A. So where's this Jason shit coming from? But uh, it's fine. You know what? The nice thing about Jason is you don't got to keep his name in in your head for that long because he falls to the dark side. Oh, spoilers, man. Yeah. Oh, don't fuck it. I don't care about spoilers. What, he doesn't fall on the dark side in this book. He doesn't turn into a five-year-old Sith. Oh, dude, that's also unfortunate. If they just killed off Luke because a five-year-old was like, now I am the god of the force, and he just like stabs him in the dick with a lightsaber, nah, I'd man. be like, yeah, man. He turns into one of the ultimate villains of the expounded universe world. He turns into a guy named Darth Cadius, or Cadus. I forget which one. Uh, Darth Cadence, it's, and then, and then he, ha- he has to fight the rest of the My Little Ponies. So so Darth Cadus is uh, an evil version of Jason Solo, who, uh, I'm just going to tell you the whole thing. Why, why are we getting into this? This has nothing to do with this book. Do you not care? Do you not want to talk about this? No, man. Oh, okay. In case we read a book with this, I don't want to know going in. Oh, I'm sorry. I won't spoil it. In case we get to the fucking Yuzhan Vong stuff. Hey, man. Which I am, oh, no, no thank you. Hey. At some point, I'm going to pick a book, and I'm going to make you read some shit you have. <laughs> Man, the moment you pick a book, you're going to make us read that X-Men meet the... the uh, that the, is 100% Star Trek. accurate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to take a, like, a weird season break to read the X-Men Star Trek. Listeners have already sent us two copies of X-Men meets Star Trek, the novel. It's fine. There's- I already had a copy anyway. We've, we can bring someone in for it. <laughs> That's... Uh, it's it's inevitable, and the moment I let you choose, you're just going to choose that. So no, we have a long time before we got to talk about friggin' like amphistaffs and the, the Chewbacca getting hit in the face by a moon. Amphistaffs? Yeah, man. You want me to explain everything about uh, Yuzhen Vong or not? I really don't. Oh, okay. So anyway, the Crystal Star. <laughs> it's Crystal. 1994's Crystal Star by Vonda McIntyre. Let's put this out there too. 
Vonda McIntyre is a celebrated, decorated sci-fi author. She has both Hugo and Nebula awards. Which, right away, when you crack this book open and start reading it, you are like, oh wow, it's someone that actually knows how to write? Like, I'm not going to lie to you and say that this, uh, like, the actual subject matter is amazing and the uh, the plot is gripping and un- I-, I love what's going on, but the writing style, it's... Someone that knows how to write. Oh, it's so much more fluid. Reading Shadows of the Empire was like reading someone describing a comic book that they had also written. Yeah. Like, uh, it was just, like, he was like, well, I assume you're familiar with the comic book I wrote. So, anyway, in this scene, Lando uh, is doing the thing that Lando did. And uh, let's move on to what Luke's up to. Luke's dumb, and uh, Leia's a racist. All right, moving on. Yeah. Uh, Shizor, muscly though he may be... (laughs) No, in this case, we the first chapter is very focused on Princess Leia, and we get a lot more of a sense of who she is and what she's all about because the book stays with her, and it kind of dives in and describes her emotions and what she's thinking and what she's actually saying. Yeah. So, which I mean, the fact that there is for reals actual dialogue that happens in this book is amazing. Yeah, that's that's right off the bat. This is, if nothing else, it's a breath of fresh air to read it based on style. I think this book is famous for being really bad in the Expanded Universe, which I have to assume is because of substance. Yes. So, let's get started. We we start en media res in this book. Yeah, first line in the entire book. The children had been kidnapped. And of what, course, a great, what a great opener. That's such be- so better than on a dark and stormy night. Oh, yeah. But also, if you're... If you're me and you don't actually know who the fuck Jaina or Jason or apparently Anakin, which... Okay, I get it. He he repented at the very end, but don't name your fucking kid after Darth Vader. Oh, there's like, a there's come a, on. There's a whole bunch of shit within other books about how Leia becomes like uh, this the, the daughter of Vader, and that's a super important thing. And like uh, that's all from the Thrawn trilogy. That's like that's what you know. Those little Nogri dudes, the little gray alien dudes that hang around Thrawn. Uh, they like Leia because she smells like Darth Vader. That's real weird. Yeah, because in. In the movies, she has zero interaction with Vader. Like, after she gets kidnapped by him and then thrown in a thing, there's no point where it's like, oh, I realize that he was a good guy now. Like, if Luke wanted to name a kid Anakin, I could almost understand it because he had that that final connection with good Vader when he'd like, oh, I'm, I'm back on the good side. But Leia's like, oh, no, all I knew was a dude who blew up my fucking home planet. So, you know, Luke does eventually have a kid in these books. Oh, uh, and, and if you want, I'll let you guess at his name. Go ahead. Uh, is it Obi-Wan? Well, you're very, very close. It's Elon Sleazebagano Skywalker, <laughs> and he loves death sticks. Oh, my God, if that was true. <laughs> it's oh, not. Only... You were actually super close. It's Ben. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's Ben Skywalker. It ends up being a, a character in the, in the expanded, uni- or expanded universe as well. That is hard. We yeah, need, right? we got to fix that name. <laughs> we got to get on that. So, so Okay. The children had been kidnapped, and we immediately start with Leia running through a forest trying to get to a meadow where she knew her kids had been until such time as she learned of their kidnapping. Yeah, and so, you know, when we start, we don't know where she is. We don't know what's going on. All we know is she's freaked out and the kids are gone. And when it first starts, that makes me be like, oh, this is sweet. That's awesome. Like, you give us a good, uh, like, middle of the action startup you give us like some some stuff to really dig into. Of course, I have no idea who the children are or what this meadow is or why I should well, care about it. We don't got to worry about who the children are because Lord knows that's like 
the entire rest of this chapter, or this beginning of the chapter, is her describing the children in great detail. Oh, yeah. And then, like, I, I don't know why, even just the small descriptions of these children, I hate Anakin already. Like, I don't know why, but I know he would be a kid that I would just hate. Well, Anakin is three. I mean, he's not, there's not a whole lot to him yet. The one thing we really get about Anakin in the very beginning here is that he's going through a literal phase. And this is, this is great to me because I, I don't know if she set this up on purpose or if she knew what was going on, but there's a scene where, where uh, Leia is running, by she in this case, I mean Vonda McIntyre, uh, Leia's running through this path to the little meadow, and she's like, oh, the children used to imagine that this path was certain things. Remember how Jaina used to remember that it was a starship lane? Yeah, because she's going to join Rogue Squadron someday. And, and how Jason thought it was a mysterious river? That's because Jason loves nature, and eventually his life will be a big mystery. And Anakin just thinks it's a, it's a road. Yeah, because Anakin doesn't do anything interesting and dies at 17. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Anakin dies. I mean, he does some interesting stuff. That part was a lie, but still, he goes young. So, um, but yeah, she spends, I, there must be a real long run. Because while she's running her way to where the kids are, she's like, I remember what each one of them remembered that this path was to them. I remember how much I loved hanging around in this random forest with them because they would bring me things they found in the forest. Oh, like, like a rock or an egg. Or a little bug. And, and, and then I would be like, yay, a little bug. Um, Which, how long has she been on this planet? So that's, I've got that in my notes here. That's a really good question. She must have been on, so she's on the planet Munto Kodri. Yeah. And let's get right this out of the way. Munto Kodri is immediately a cooler planet than any planet in Shadows of the Empire. <laughs> but Munto Kodri, uh, we have no idea how long she's been here. She's here in an ambassadorial capacity. Yeah, she's trying to get planets to join the New Republic. The New Republic, Yes. And, uh, and so she must have been here for forever, because the children have favorite meadows, they've taught Anakin how to swim here. Oh yeah, like, how? what the fuck is going on in this place, in that you've been on some planet being like, hey, come on, join, join this Republic, that they have several different stories about a road, mm-hmm. they have, like, sp- particular meadows that they care about, They he learned how to swim, like, they, they've bought or brought weird different gifts from the meadows and yeah, whatnot. I mean, that stuff all could have happened in an afternoon, right? Like, oh, you kids, go play in the forest, and I'm going to sit here and talk to this ambassador guy. And then they're like, look, Mom, I found a stick. You know, that kind of thing. That's that's an afternoon. But they taught her how to swim. They have favorite places in, in town. No, so the way she talks about this is it's like, when, when this first started, I thought this was her home. Yeah, no, there's definitely that. You get the sense that they've been there for, like, minimum two weeks. And, and uh, this is the other thing I love about this. While she's running there, she's like getting her, she's wearing a dress because she's dressed for an ambassadorial position, right? So she's all regal looking. But as she's running through, I guess the grass on Munto Kodri is extremely sharp. I guess. Because it's like catching and tearing on her dress and ruining her shoes and stuff. And she's talking about that. And it's neat and evocative. But then she's like, but it never attached, uh, attacked my children. Magic grass for magic children. <laughs> she which is a direct quote, and I understand where it's coming from. It's, you know, all three of these kids are Jedi, because expanded universe stuff is real liberal on the Jedi. Oh, yeah. It smears it on like like I like I use peanut butter. <laughs> but uh, I, I guess these kids are such powerful Jedi that they're just generally radiating a don't-hurt-me grass aura. Yeah. No, it was like, ow, that kind of hurts. And then for the rest of it, they just, like, bend grass away from themselves. Yeah, so they're... I mean, it's it, the book has an interesting take on how force works. Uh, it, it seems like it's sort of just wizards who get what they want from wandering around. Yeah, I mean, especially the children in this, given yeah. that 
it's not like Luke or even in the prequels, Anakin were like, oh yeah, I was a kid and before anyone taught me anything, I was just lifting shit and doing crazy nonsense. Yeah, it reminds me of that that first episode of the the second Airbender series when when we first meet Korra and she's like shooting fire out of one hand and wind out of the other and like rising up and down on an earth pillar and she's like, look at me, I can do this. And I, it's like, I don't think that's how Jedi work usually. <laughs> like all the Jedi kids we've met in the past have either been very bad Jedi that all get slaughtered by Anakin at once or Anakin himself who didn't use any Jedi powers. Yeah. And... I mean, I guess you could say, like, oh, uh, the fact that Luke could bullseye womp rats, that's him using the Force. Yeah, probably. But even then, meh. Yeah, and, and you know, when Anakin decided to do some some uh, some spinning, that because that's a good trick, he picked that up from Force sensitivity. Yeah, yeah that so, is a good trick. It is spinning. That's a good trick. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, so the kids are super forcey. Uh, each one of them is extremely force sensitive. Leia is still very minor in her in her force powers. She's chosen to learn to be a pilot and to learn to be an ambassador instead. She does carry her father's old lightsaber. Weird. I know. I know. She's Leia's got a red saber. Thankfully, she almost never draws it. Yeah. Uh, so those are all things that are happening. Um, also, just the the way that it this is written as she's running down to the path. It's very nice. Like I said, she's actually writing like really well yeah although i would say that it's probably inaccurate as leia's thoughts were oh fuck oh shit oh shit oh fuck oh fuck oh shit yeah no instead she's talking she's describing her kids as magical and oh my magical kidnapped babies who yeah. brought me bugs and eggs yeah and you're like I, yeah she should be like oh fuck how do i call the police on this planet <laughs> yeah so here's the other thing about this that i wanted to really bring home leia i mean i really wanted to get away from shadows of the empire leia yeah i mean you really think, oh man, Shadows of the Empire, that was just a crap book, uh, just character assassination, so hopefully we can get away from that. But here's the thing, she's here on this planet as an ambassador, and she has to be the worst ambassador I have ever encountered in a book. <laughs> well, it's because Leia is, and apparently ever shall be, a space racist. That is correct. She remains a space racist. It's one of the things in my list of how bad Leia is at being an ambassador. So... You know, she eventually finds the meadow, and sure enough, uh, there's a big circle that's been blown flat right in the grass, which causes her to go, oh my god, a pressure bomb. They used a pressure bomb on my children. We don't know what that is, other than, it, I guess it's like an air pressure adjuster. I mean, I would assume it's, it is a bomb that instead of being like... Explosive. An explosion is yeah. an actual, like, just shoots like a, a sh pressurized force. Yeah, it's like a shockwave, just goes yeah. boom, whatever. Maybe it's like one of those air cannons that you could, you know, you buy for yeah, tokens. Yeah, that's exactly what yeah. it was. Someone came up with a real big air cannon. Yeah, and then they were like just shooting it at their friend. They're like, "Hey, stop that! Please. Hey, don't don't shoot don't, that in my uh, face! I hate that! Uh, God, God. do anything with this." So, uh, but it, it it straight wrecks Chewbacca because oh gosh, Leia and Chewbacca back together again. Finally, another book that will give us the Leia Chewbacca dynamic. Yeah, the thing that we've been missing the most from the original movies is the princess and the big walking carpet together at last and and forever, apparently. Yeah, that's that, that's just the dynamic that people want. Just a fun coincidence. Uh, Chewbacca's been blown to shit. He's bleeding to death from his leg. Uh, I mean, I don't know if it's the pressure bomb that did it, or I, I think it's supposed to be that he was attacked as well, because he's bleeding from his like nose and ears, which is what the pressure bomb did. Mm-hmm. But then he's also got, like, other wounds as well. Yeah. So 
uh, basically, she stands there screaming and trying to help Chewbacca while going through a, uh, just a, a really, really powerful internal monologue about how she hates Chewbacca because Chewbacca didn't save her kids. <laughs> well, there's, there's like two different things. At first, she's like, oh, Chewbacca, I hope you stay alive so I can tell you it's not your fault and that, you know, oh, it's okay, buddy. And then later, she's like... Oh, that Chewbacca didn't save my babies. But I can't tell him that because then he actually will kill himself. <laughs> like she's really worried that Chewbacca is going to suicide over this whole situation, that because uh, because of the life debt, because the life he failed. Yeah, because the life debt's been uh, been uh, transferred over to the kids as well. So he's he's really not in a good position. Not that it matters in the first chapter. He's unconscious. Yeah. So she stands there helping Chewbacca, basically just kind of holding her hands up against the bleeding and screaming for help, and then. Uh, a doctor arrives, and this is our first chance to meet a member of the Kodruji race. So these are the inhabitants of Munto Kodri. Uh, this one is Doctor, I believe it's uh, Icos. Icos, yeah, yeah, Hi- uh, yeah. Thank you, uh, Icos. Icos is uh, a lady Munto Kodri, and let's pause real quick to talk about the species. They are uh, real weird. Uh, so Munto Kodri or Kodruji, excuse me, are reverse permanent butterfly wolfwares. Yes. So they start their lives as six-legged wolves. Uh, they're born as six-legged wolves that are nonverbal and are roughly, they're basically just dogs. But they learn. If you talk to them when they're dogs, they're learning what you're talking to them about. They just can't talk back. Yeah, it's it's basically a six-legged wolf that has the mental capacity of an actual child, mm-hmm. but has all the vocal capacity of a wolf. Yes, and also all the mannerisms of a dog. Because they'll do things like rub up against you and 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 uh, growl at people and stuff like that. Yeah. So they are they have the mannerisms of a dog, the intellect of a child, and at a certain age they will cocoon themselves, and uh, after a few weeks in a cocoon, will emerge as a full grown adult Kodruji, which is a vaguely green, slightly predatory looking four armed hu- uh, humanoid. Yeah. Uh, that still have some wolfy mannerisms. They still do some stuff with like their lips and their canine teeth and stuff. Yeah. Out pops a fully grown Rahu man, and uh, they <laughs> well, go Rahu to men are like fourteen feet tall, but <laughs> but I mean close though. So when when I went to go do my research on what the heck a Kodruji is, the I went to start with the planet Munto Kodri. Yes, and the art on that page of a Kodruji has to be the worst Star Wars art I have seen in quite some time. It is very clearly a nude sketch of some woman that they drew robes over and then stuck ba- an extra pair of baby arms on just at random. They're like, and arms go here. Yeah, here's some. It looks like she's in that forearm or, or that uh, someone else is going to be your arms for you game on whose line is it anyway? Yes, but also has her regular arms out. The the actual pictures of them on their own page are you know from like RPG source books and stuff, and they look fine. They're they're they're, they're vaguely, a little more wolfy. They're a little wolfy even when they're adults. They're they're light green. But the one on the page for Monto Kodri is straight up just like it's like sexy a sexy lady yeah. with an extra pair of arms. It's a Gregland porn trace that someone stuck arms onto apparently by accident. <laughs> it just looks like trash. So okay, um, the Kodruji have a few other things about them that are interesting and of note. And I researched because I was getting ready to read this book. Now, a person who didn't do simple research on what the Kodruji are or do or are like is the ambassador to visit their planet about joining the New Republic, <laughs> Princess Leia Organa Solo. So, for example, she hates the children oh my god the descriptions that leia uses to describe these wolf children which are called wirewolves the the wolves. yeah it's, it's w-y-r wolf which is eh, pass. wolves i get it's just like jason yeah, yeah i'm like come on don't 
I get it. They, they, they're wolves and they turn into people and you call the, the kids werewolves. That's, yeah. Thanks. But I'm going Thanks. with wirewolves because it's W-Y-R and that's wire as far as I'm concerned. No, nah, that's weird. Yeah, whatever. We're going to call it something different then. Luckily, I think they're only in like the first three chapters of this thing. But every time Leia sees one, like, even if it's being cute, like, there's one scene where one of the werewolves, like, puts its paws down and it rests its head on it and it basically is just a dog yeah it's just it does that dog, dog thing it does that it, it, it puts his paws down over its head because something embarrassing is happening in the room and then there's like a wah wah noise that plays and she's like ew <laughs> and she always refers to them as horrible it's, it's like, always horrible oh their horrible face and their horrible paws and their horrible little smell and you're like jesus christ leia those are children one those are children two those are dogs like <laughs> you're the worst you're the worst person ever i don't understand how she could if you met someone who was like hey uh just so you know my species grows up from cool dogs i'd be like yeah that's the best species your species starts out when i would normally hate you as a child as a rad dog and then you turn into an adult that i can talk to this is the best species <laughs> right but she's like ew these things are gross with their teeth and their dumb face i hate dogs and chewbaccas <laughs> yeah I, what what i mean i know i know that in fucking star wars universe dogs do technically exist because they mentioned dogs at some point yeah the but then they added aliens called dogs to to fix that in in the expanded universe stuff there's an animal called an ack dog which, so, which more or less looks like sort of a boulet from D&D. But the, the problem I have is we don't like dogs just because we are familiar with dogs. Dogs look like a thing that we like, like as humans. Yes. They have features that we find attractive as far as like that's cute. It's evolutionary. We, we've been evolutionarily bred over the past twenty five to 30,000 years to like dogs because we've been living with them for forever. Well, just the way that they look. I mean, it's the same thing like why we find bunnies and cats and things like that adorable, and yet we find spiders really disgusting. Yeah, more evolutionary traits in humans, because we don't recognize bunnies as dangerous, but spiders we do, and so we start thinking of them as gross eventually. Leia apparently grew up on a planet with nothing but just white people. Yeah. Just sort of... That's all Alderaan is, is yeah. just white well, people. was. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> so... So yeah, she's just like, ew, these dogs are gross. So when Dr. Hyos, no, thank you, Ion is the ambassador. Yeah. When Hyos shows up and immediately starts treating Chewbacca's wounds, she's explaining what she's doing to her wirewolf. Yeah, the wirewolf is there and it's like, huh, well, just like sniffing around and looking at what's going on mm -hmm. and not like getting in the way or anything. Well, so Leia has to pause for a brief moment to go, ew, gross, a dog. Yeah. Which she does. She's like, oh my god, my children are gone. One of my best friends is dying. Ew, dog. Yeah. <laughs> Don't let that dog get on my stuff. Ew, so, it better not pee on anything. <laughs> so, Ion's explaining this, or Ios is explaining this, while she's patching up Chewbacca with some kind of super advanced Psytech that kind of like grows over him or whatever and kind of seals up his wounds, right? And then he's still, he's not really conscious. So, she, so Ios just kind of goes, all right, you get to surgery. Um, I Icos. Hyos. H-Y-O-S. Thank you. Hyos. I mean, their names, the two ones with names are Hyos and Ion or something like that. It's yeah. hard to remember. There's also a curl, now that I remember. Uh, but anyway, so Hyos sends Chewbacca off for recovery, and as they're walking back, Leia says, hey, do you know how to do Chub or, or uh, Wookiee doctoring? Yeah, it's like, hey, you know, have you ever actually had a Wookiee on your planet to do anything with? And he's like, oh no, she but I... 
I I studied. Yeah, uh, she, she's like uh, she's like oh no no, but because I knew you and a Wookiee were coming, I, I read up on Wookies and humans. Yeah, I studied human and Wookiee anatomy, and I figured out you know basically how to do stuff for it you because know, I did research on yeah. things. Unlike say an ambassador. See, I'm professional. Unlike you, who is about to get to explain even more things about our species that you really should have known before you came. Yeah, apparently they sleep standing up, which. I mean, if you're a biped, that's bullshit. No, you don't. But still, whatever. Their species sleeps standing up. And she's like, oh, that's weird. I have never thought of that or would have known that. Well, because she catches Hyos napping and she's like, what the hell? Is she sleeping standing up? Who does that? Is it the whole species or just this one doctor? What a confusing thing. My children have been kidnapped. That's that's basically where she's at. Uh, but also, we learn later on in the, over the course of the chapter that Leia was alerted to the kidnapping of the children by someone who was there. A young page who was never given a name. Yep. Uh, she's apparently a. I'm, I'm still unclear on this. They keep describing her as young and and very very small and slight and so on, but she's not a wolf. No, she has gone through the the metamorphosis. Right. So I guess when you come out of the metamorphosis, you're still young enough that people keep calling you young. Yeah. So you I come, mean, I mean, I basically think about it like puberty. So she's yeah. like a teenager. Okay. So. So she's a little teenage page who was out there hanging around with Chewbacca and the children when the bomb went off. Uh, She comes running back to let everyone know what happened and then kind of collapses fearful. Later on, this is the weirdest thing in this chapter. Or not Chewbacca. R2-D2 kind of like harasses her? Yeah, like bullies her into Leia's room. Yeah. R2-D2 does this. Yeah, R2-D2 straight up is just like, yo, bitch, move. Get get this one Mm. room. Do it, do it. Beep, boop. Beep, boop. And the fact that I guess she understands what R2 is trying to say because she's answering questions with like, no, I don't know what happened. I don't understand. So uh, we don't understand. Like Leia didn't ask R2 to do this. R2 just at a random point, at a random time of day, goes into the doctor's office, finds this injured page who was in restraint so she could sleep correctly, gets her out of those and chases her into Leia's room. Yeah. And, and the page is like, oh, my God, I don't want to be in here. I shouldn't be in here. This is very improper. I'm, I'm so sorry. Uh, Mr. Chewbacca and the children. Oh, my God, I don't know what happened. Like, and and the, the big issue being that, like, she's lost her hearing almost entirely. Well, we keep learning things about the, the Kodruji that make them sound like a magic race of fairy fun type people. You know, they're, they're like, oh, they're just like humans, except they have more arms and they get to be cool werewolves and they have very intimate, sexy discussions in high-pitched to- uh, tones. But otherwise, they can do everything humans can do. Yeah. So in this case, we find out that they mostly communicate in super high pitches that well, humans can't even hear. The The actual Kodruji language is sort of like uh, like wolf yelps and barks mm-hmm. and whatnot, but a lot of it takes place in high registers. Yeah, and she's lost her super high pitch hearing. Yeah, because the pressure bomb just fucked her ears up. Yeah, fucked her ears up real good. And Leia's super apologetic about this, but at first she isn't. At first she's like, oh, she lost some of her hearing? That's fine. She'll probably get it back over time, right? Whatever, fuck her. And the doctor's like, oh, you don't... Well, the doctor's response is a little brusque, (laughs) where she's just like, oh, you think it's fine? Because I I think she's probably going to kill herself. I mean, here's the thing. Imagine if you lost all your senses forever. That's what it's like to lose a little tiny bit of your hearing if you're a a Kodruji, you dummy. (laughs) You big dumb... (laughs) Dummy. You big dumb You with your crappy ears. But you didn't read dick about us before coming think, here? Think about how important this is. If you knew that the, the species you were going to go have delicate negotiations with about joining your empire, but you didn't bother to stop and go, oh, wait, they can talk to each other in a language I can't hear or recognize. Yeah. Like, wouldn't that be really useful information? 
Like now, you'd want to bring a translator along who has the same. You give like a Chadra fan or something who also hears in high register. The the other thing that Leia one hundred percent doesn't know about this planet that is the thing that has made me the most angry at her in this chapter. I think there's at least one more I've got ready, so hit me. Is her children are missing and nobody on the planet gives a fuck. Oh, the, right, of re- course. The reason they don't give a fuck is because this is a planet where kidnappings is like a normal everyday thing because uh, it's essentially a way to get ransom and you count coup by being able to say, I got ransom by taking this person. Yeah, there are some Earth cultures that have this, that have ritual coup kidnappings. Uh, of, and, it's, uh, and it's very like, oh, don't worry, no, nothing's going to happen to the people who got kidnapped because the whole point is to just say that you did it and get the ransom because if you actually hurt them, you're going to start a war and get fucked up. Let's let's be clear here. This is like the only thing that, that Monto Kodri is known for. Yeah, it's the whole planet yeah. is like, yeah, we do kidnappings. It's Ev- what we do. Everyone here is really good at kidnapping. We're constantly kidnapping nobles. The nobles pay us out money and we give them back. It's like trick or treat, but we take your kids. Yeah, and Leia went to this planet with her children. Who she just leaves alone in the woods for weeks on end. Yeah, she's just like, oh, I'm on Kidnap Planet. I'm going to leave my children alone in the woods with, I don't know, Chewbacca. That's it. That's all. Yeah. Just a dude. And then and then when her kids get kidnapped, because she left them in the woods, yeah, because she brought them with her to Child Kidnap Planet, uh, she's like, oh, no. Oh, how, how could this have happened? Oh, Chewbacca, you jerk. How could you let this happen? I'm like, one, no. Like, you can't blame Chewbacca for this because he's just one guy. And two, you brought children to Kidnap Planet. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and here's the other thing. The kids weren't kidnapped alone. She spends a lot of time in this chapter hanging around with a person who is who is her guide to the planet. A man named Chamberlain Ion. Yeah. Or Eon or something like that. He is a Kodruji with a werewolf child who was kidnapped with the children. Yeah. His his werewolf was out there hanging out with the kids as well in the meadow, mm-hmm. and it is also missing. Mm-hmm. So Leia is like, okay, we have to close the ports. We have to start interviewing everybody. And he's like, ma'am, we can't do that. If we do that, then, then uh, they'll all know that we know that they kidnapped the children. It's all very formal. It's going to be fine. It's all very formalized. And, and at a certain point, she, you know, understandably, all three of her kids have been kidnapped. She flips out again, and he goes, he says, oh, ma'am, please don't make any kind of announcements or, or make it apparent because... If you do anything to break the, the structure of the kidnappings, they'll have to do something to save face. And they can't hurt your children because your children are noble. And she's like, so? Okay, that's perfect. She's they can't, like, who gives a fuck? They, they can't hurt my kids. Why are you even telling me? And he has to be like, you know, Picard face palming. Like, Jesus, mother of God, the, my you, child is with them. Have you seen the pictures of my child? Ma'am, ma'am, my 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 own child who has also been kidnapped and is and is not noble. Ma'am. And, and then she was like, "Yeah, I've seen the pictures of your horrible bullshit wolf child, and I hate it. I <laughs> hate it can, so." You could just get another one from behind any liquor store. <laughs> just root around in a dumpster. You'll find one in there eating a spaghetti dinner with another one. Uh. So, but uh, eventually she's like, "Oh shit, you're right. Your child was also kidnapped. I'm sorry. I didn't even realize." Yeah. Oh wait, if I fuck this up, they might kill your kid. Oh, my bad. I'm literally the worst ambassador. <laughs> she didn't know about this whole kidnapping thing at all. No. Like, when they go, look, don't close the ports. If we close the ports, it's going to make it a scene. If you make a scene about a kidnapping, then you're basically saying, we're awful and we, we're we dumb and we're going to do stupid crap about this. 
so, kidnapping. So for the vast majority of the rest of the chapter, all she really does is worry about the kids and try to go through her normal day. And it's actually, like we've said a couple times already, it's way better written than we've, we're used to. Yeah, now, I mean, as much as we are bitching about uh, Leia being the world's worst ambassador, it is at least written very well from, like, someone who is trying to be diplomatic but also dealing with trauma at the same time. Like, that is... It's written fairly well for the chapter where, during the chapter when she has to, like, go back to work and meet with people, and she's like, oh, I have to pretend to be an ambassador right now yeah. after my kids have been kidnapped. Yeah, and, and at no point does she show any kind of sympathy for for Ion, whose non-noble child has been kidnapped, which is a huge danger. Yeah. Like, he's like, oh, ma'am, don't worry, nothing's going to happen to your kids. They'll probably kill mine, but nothing's going to happen to your kids. Yeah. Like for a whole chapter and the whole time she's just like, he's right, my children. Oh my God, my children. Which, you know, I, I keep saying that like it's a bad thing. If if all three of my children were kidnapped, I'd be freaking the fuck out. I, I'll be honest. Yeah. All I'm saying is that she was dumb to put them in the position where they could be in the first place. Yeah. Bringing Go- her kids to kidnap planet. And she even goes like, oh man, and only Chewbacca was here. My, my like, uh, my super dog. smuggler badass husband was off and my brother who's the world's greatest Jedi wasn't here and... My odd super spy lookalike nanny isn't here. Have you looked into her at all? Do you, no. do you know anything about Winter? I don't know anything about Winter besides she is a badass super spy that looks like Leia. So, okay, the reason that Winter looks like Leia is because she's another survivor of Alderaan. Great. She wasn't there. Uh, she And everyone looks like Leia on Alderaan, even though Leia isn't from Alderaan. <laughs> let's, let's keep it clear here. Everyone does look like Leia on Alderaan. It's <laughs> because, uh, because she finds anyone who looks even slightly different from her unpleasant. Lol. She she grew up with a with a specific style, according to these books, apparently. So Winter is uh yes, she is a super spy. She's nowadays she's just Leia's nanny. Yeah. But for, for many, many years she was a rebel operative and agent who went by a couple different nicknames. One of them was the human recording rod. Uh all right. Because Winter is famous for not just having a a uh, what was the word? Photographic, photographic memory. memory. They use the term holographic memory because she also remembers perfect pictures in 3D of everything she's seen. Great. Now she also had a foe at those times. I think he was an imperial officer named Kurtan Nor or something like that who had the exact same power. So there's a couple of comic books about the two of them dancing around each other using their super memories. Oh, good. Great. So that's uh. So Winter spent some time. She's a master of disguise. You see, with she looks like Leia with white hair. Except when she looks like Dana Carvey. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes she looks like a member of the Turtle Club. Turtle, turtle. <laughs> but no, um, so that's, Winter has one other nickname, which I have not been able to find the source of, and that is Targeter. Okay. I assume because she used to be like an operative who would like sneak into like key positions and set up bombing ops. I, op- I mean, that makes who, sense. Who knows? But so Targeter, or the human recording rod, one of the rebel, one of the rebellion's greatest tools for undercover and covert operations, is now a permanent babysitter for these three children. Yep. Except and right now. Except when it would be useful for her to be there, and then she's off doing whatever. She is specifically at a, oh gosh, they said what it was. It was a, a conference for super spies. No, it was a conference on runaway children, lol. And then they have to have a point where Leia's like, I understand the irony, but I don't find it funny right now because my children have been kidnapped. My children. So, okay. Uh, things that happen here. Leia learns that these things sleep standing up. Uh, Leia realizes that, or starts to think that maybe it wasn't just some random Kojuji who kidnapped her kids, but the Empire. Well, the reason she thinks it's like a Sith involvement is apparently her only Jedi power is being able to sense her children. Yes. Like, that's it. And so, very briefly... 
she couldn't sense her children, and that's when they got kidnapped. Yeah. So she's like, oh, it was definitely someone who was using a Sith power to b- b- make it so I couldn't tell where my kids were. What is that a Sith power? Can I be like, yo, you can't tell where your kids are? Oh, well, let's, let, let's be fair here, John. I've read this book before, and yes. Okay. All right, so there we go. Uh, okay, so, but this is an interesting thing about this book. The house style... Uh, for the book is that anytime anyone talks about force powers, they just say regular words and italicize them so you know that they mean force version. <laughs> so if, if someone pushes something, but it's italicized, it just says, then then Jason pushed the thing, then you know he force pushed it. Okay. It doesn't say he reaches out to the force and pushes, it's just he push with, with italics. There's a scene in this first chapter where Leia's talking to Ambassador, or I'm sorry, Chamberlain Eon, and she says, uh, don't you understand? I'd know if my children were gone. I'd know if they were gone. And he's like, uh, yes, ma'am, I understand. But but does he? I don't think he does. Does he? Does he mean? She means force, no. She'd sense them with the force, but she doesn't say that. No. Which, it, if she did, at least he might go, oh, okay, you're a force user, and you do not currently know where they are using the force. Yes. That's troublesome. Yeah, that would be. But instead, she just says, I would know where they are. And I like, would know where they are and he's like okay yeah, yeah, you've been yeah cra- i get it yeah you've been crazy all day i get it i understand you're a mom and you figure you'll know where they are and that that's great i get it so okay uh then she ha- she kind of wanders her way into chewbacca's room where he's just sort of sleeping because he got blowed up yep and she's like oh chewbacca i hate you <laughs> oh chewbacca how i hate you <laughs> There goes old Chewbacca. Good old Chewbacca. Yes, sir. Chewbacca, indeed. Oh, how I hate him. <laughs> That's That pretty much sums up her relationship. <laughs> now, she does mention one other thing that we should talk about, which is setting up for other chapters. Uh, Han and, and Luke are off on a secret mission for the New Republic, but are pretending that it's a vacation. Yeah, they're off on some secret mission, and she can't contact them because... The titular Crystal Star fucks up communications. And worst, they took C-3PO with them. Can we talk real briefly about how they clearly took the wrong droids? Right. Leia doesn't speak uh, astromech droid, and she has no need for one. No. It's like, oh, what am I going to do with a fucking astromech droid while I am talking to werewolves? Yes. Instead, she could have taken, you know, C-3PO, who presumably speaks Kodruji, and would have been able to explain to her that they speak in a super high pitch that she can't hear, but he can, because his big robot brass ears can hear over six million forms of communication. Yeah. He can, you, he can speak every language but sarcasm. You'd think. You'd think that's what you'd do. And yet, here we are. Because, you know, Leia still don't speak Chewbacca. She still ain't going to speak any of that Wookiee language. Oh, yeah. He's been like the godmother to her kids for, for, for years of, of marriage at this point. And Doesn't kids even know how to ask to where the bathroom is on Kashyyyk. No. She's got, oh, she's not going to Kashyyyk. She went that one time so she can sing that Life Day song in English, by the way. I'm sorry, in Orabesh or Common or whatever the fuck. Basic. Basic. And, and then that was it. She's not going back. No, thank you. No, sir. <laughs> I'll hang around on Werewolf Planet. I ain't going to your goddamn wood treehouse. Uh, I'm watched enough TV in your various little rooms. <laughs> I have definitely met your weird pervy grandpa, and I am not <laughs> going back there. I met four Harvey Cormans when I was there. You know how <laughs> harrowing that was for me. <laughs> uh, One of them was a robot. No, no, sir, not again, never again. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, eventually, the the chapter will culminate 
when when a Chamberlain Ion comes to visit Leia and have one last discussion with her about how her children are missing and how she wants to close the port and launch a huge search. And again, I fully understand her concerns. Yes. I don't want to, I, I don't want to get a bunch of comments that are like, well, duh, if your children were kidnapped. Yes, you are absolutely right. She's freaking out. Her dumb mistake was before this chapter started. Oh, yeah. She made real bad decisions that led to this point. Yes. So he shows up, and she th- sits down with him, and then she summons tea and cookies. Uh, and she has, they're, they're described, the, the, again, this is Game of Thronesy. They're like these thin nut cookies that when you eat them, they dissipate into it like a puff of, of just fla- flavor in your mouth, leaving no cookie behind. Also, she's like, oh, I... I uh, I should have had like someone else try these for me. Like she's straight up like, oh yeah, these Kodraji are gonna try and fucking poison me. But the weird thing is, when she asks him if he's had the cookies, she's like, "Have you had these? They're chef's best cookie." And I'm like, "Wait, is it your food or Kodraji food? Who? Why are you offering them to him?" Well, he's the one offering the tea because he's offering like soothing sleep tea. Yes. And, and she's like, well, I, have you tried these cookies? And here's the final point of her not knowing what the fuck planet she's on. Kodraji are full-on, uh, you know, carnivorous. Yeah. So he just responds politely by saying, oh, madam, I cannot eat sweets. <laughs> but what he's, what he's really saying is, ma'am, I would eat your hot guts on the side of a road before I would eat a cookie. <laughs> uh, God damn it. I fucking, everything, everything about Leia in this, you're like, Man, I get that your kids are missing and that's fucked up, but you are the worst ambassador ever. <laughs> she so much is. She should be good. I mean, there's a part in this where it describes her as being good at it because she meets with like a bunch of ambassadors for a while while all distraught, and she still manages to go through all the proper curtsies and like, oh, thank you, Ambassador Curl. You're such a nice ambassador from the Curl region. And uh, But, you know, anytime we're like, do you know anything about the people you're meeting with? Did you read the briefing? No. Oh, no. My children were showing me a bug. Yeah. Oh, I, I couldn't be bothered to read... What exactly goes on on this planet? It was something about kids. That's why I brought mine. <laughs> I have a whole bunch of children. You'd say it's probably because I'm a mother that I'm so busy with the children. Even though I've got a nanny and a husband and a Chewbacca, I, and my children are all Jedis, uh, I just can't be bothered to do my actual job. I just show up places, and I assume things will work for me. Yeah, that's that's what I assume, because I am Leia. <laughs> so so it turns out that Ion is, puni- is not punishing. He is uh, drugging her. I, I wasn't sure if it was drugging or if it was just that she was super tired and this is, like, great sleepy tea. No, because he passes out, too. Well, yeah, he's like, yo, I am straight, like, sleepy as fuck. No, he, he drugs himself to take to put her at ease that that the, the uh, drink is not po- uh, drugged. Okay. That's what's happening there. So he's like, hey, Matt, hey, lady, have this tea. And she's like, okay, wait, is this tea safe? And then he goes, all right, I will also drink the tea. <laughs> And then he, he drinks it and starts yawning immediately. And and they describe him as dog yawning, which is rad. Yeah. Uh, and then and then she passes out, and that's the end of the chapter. Yes. So uh, so there you go. That's that's chapter one of Crystal Star. Not a whole lot going on yet. No. Uh, what we, what we've got is uh, just people being bad. We got some kidnapped children. We got an unconscious Chewbacca. We got uh, we got some really cool werewolf dudes that. Honestly, I would I would much rather hear way more about them. Right. I want to stay on Werewolf Planet, but I know that it's just going to be dumb shit from now on. Well, I think we're going to I think since I feel like this chapter this book does a rotating chapter structure, we won't leave Werewolf Planet till like chapter 4 or so, oh, but okay. it might be the first time it might like literally be the second time we're there we're leaving. Yeah. So uh so there you go. That's So what do you think so far? How do you feel about this as compared to the previous? I mean, 100% so much better written. And of course, just plot-wise, 
within this one chapter, we've had like raised stakes. We've got a main character who's injured. Uh, children are kidnapped. You know, shit's going down. That and is- that's in like the beginning. No, you're absolutely right. No one got hurt in Shadows of the Empire. No, and fucking nothing happened in Shadows of the Empire. Shadows of the Empire had like maybe three scenes that actually were something happens and a million of, and then we're about to start doing stuff. And you're like, come on, just make something happen and also talk to someone instead of just describing everything. Yeah, no, this is already a lot better from the beginning. The character assassination, however, seems to stay right where it had been. I guess that's just what people think about Leia. Leia's still kind of a weird space racist. We've added a new character assassination to the pile because, for some reason, R2-D2 sees nothing wrong with kidnapping injured children from from a doctor's office for forced interrogations. Yeah, god damn. Like, I... I don't know what the fuck is going on here, but, like, the fact that R2 is straight up just, like, beep screaming at an injured child, I'm like, don't, don't do this. What, what do you, like, you could have waited a day, R2. I mean, even if you were like, well, what, what do you think that page is going to tell you? Yeah. And there's really not much she does. She's like, there. Was, I was hanging around with the children in Chewbacca in the woods, and then there was a huge explosion, and then the children were gone, and Chewbacca was hurt, so I ran back here. Yeah. Uh, so, also, I can't hear. Because they're, oh, man, the descriptions of that poor page are just messed up. Where she's like trying to apologize. She's like, "Ma'am, I got... that page is like the most touching character here." Yeah, she's she's like, "I I, I tried to I wanted I, I can't believe I, I this is all my fault. I'm fully responsible." And madam, I cannot hear. And you're just like, "Oh, I this is this is so sad." And, yeah, and it's wasted on the audience. And especially once you get that thing where it's like, "No, Kodrigi rely on their sense of hearing so much mm-hmm. that like it's not just I can't hear, which is fucked up. It's I've basically lost touch with reality. Well, what she's saying is, I will never be able to have a loving conversation. Yeah. Because later on, uh, Dr. Hayo says, like, uh, oh, all of our intimate conversations take place in the upper register. Yeah. So what they're saying is that this person is just walled off from emotional dialogue now. Oh, yeah. And, like, can't interact with people in native tongue. Yeah. Which just, it, it, oh, that's so sad. And it's just dismissed. It's just like, oh, whatever. And she's like, yeah, whatever. Fuck that person. How come anyway, my kids. How come she won't sit down? Uh. She thinks it would be improper to sit down in front of you because your nobility. Ugh, so annoying. Uh. <laughs> Stupid, horrible dogs. <laughs> well, <laughs> this thing was a dog like a week ago. Ew. Ew, I can still smell it. <laughs> so so there you go. Uh, that's chapter one of Crystal Star. Indeed. So uh, let's see. What else do we have to talk about here? This is, like I mentioned before, the beginning of season two of Expounded Universe. We're digging into this new book we got it going on Mm -hmm. now Uh, folks we are only very tenuously doing these this show weekly at the moment yeah we're we are fluctuating back and (laughs) forth on that goal real real quick here and that's so uh so help us out you know uh just just uh get us a little firmer up above a thousand so it doesn't fall off if if you like the show if you like the fact that we're doing weekly toss us a buck you know it's great it helps us keep things running, <laughs> keeps the lights on. Yeah. So you can do that by going to patreon.com slash system mastery and kicking us a dollar. If you kick us a dollar a month, it turns into $2 a month. It's fine. It's fine. You'll be fine. Everything's fine. Otherwise, if you want to buy interesting role-playing games, use the links on our website for Drive-Thru RPG. That way we get a little kickback. That's another way you can help us support the show. 
and you can find us at SystemMasteryPodcast.com, System Mastery on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, you know, all those things. Yeah. Definitely uh, follow us on the Twitter, though. Yeah, we want more Twitter followers. we got to hit that thousand. We want to we get Twitter followers because that's the only metric we have for how cool we are. <laughs> well, I mean, I've got our feed burner. Fa- no, that how- shit sucks. Just Twitter. <laughs> I want Twitter followers. I want to be Bieber. I don't want to go by Twitter followers because we have like 892 or something, and it, and it feels it feels incongruous based on the insane amount of dollars people are giving us. Oh, yeah. We make more money than we have people that are following us on Twitter, yeah. and it's real weird to me. So, so by all means, follow us on Twitter and, you know, put us on those Follow Friday things that no one pays attention to or uses. Yeah. Yeah. They just It's just a big barrage of those things in the day, and each one of them gets liked by everyone who's linked in them, and then that's the end of it. Yeah, it's someone does hashtag FF and then a shitload of links to people, yeah. and no one cares. Yeah, and the people who are linked to are like, oh, thank you. Oh, good. And then that, that it ends there. Yay. Yeah. If you want us to like something you said, just, you know, say something funny. Yeah. <laughs> and then follow us. <laughs> just follow us and be clever. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> be so clever. Also, give us a dollar and say you did. Also, show me a six-legged dog. Like. <laughs> you know, the picture of them in the on the Wikipedia was pretty great. Oh, yeah. I'm I was like, like I would these, pet that dog. These Kodrigi are rad. I'd play as these <laughs> in, like, some RPG for sure. For sure. All right. Well, there you go. I think that just about wraps us up for the week. Uh, We'll see you in either one or two weeks with another episode of Expounded Universe Season 2, The Crystal Star. And until such time as we do, I'm Elan Sleazbogano Skywalker, Luke Skywalker's son, and I love Death Sticks. (laughs) 